0: Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 361, Joe and Big Al touch on the psychology of retirement. What do you do if you've saved enough and you're financially ready to retire, but you're paralyzed by the idea of no longer earning and saving? Plus a Roth conversion strategy when your income is too high. And how do you know if it pays for you to convert and how much? And does it matter if you contribute to a rollover IRA before or after leaving a job? Finally, should you purchase long-term care insurance or self-insure? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA.
1: Uh, Jim writes in from Illinois. He goes, hey, I came across your show when the pandemic hit and been listening regularly ever since. It's very informative. The mix of expert advice or the expert feedback. feedback not advice. Not advice. And the sarcastic
2: humor is a unique and inviting
1: combo. Yeah.
2: Not too many financial shows to have that, right? Yeah, I really agree with that statement. <laughs> we I'll tell you what, Jim, we have no issues with that statement.
1: <laughs> a little sarcastic humor. There's nothing better. <laughs> um, also, I feel the connection with Joe because I too butcher words when I have to read aloud. And I admire that Joe doesn't seem to care. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> I, I think most of us butcher words. Thanks, Jim. You and I, brother. Yeah, I'm not a very good reader. Yeah. You're getting better,
0: though. You're doing a lot better. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Especially
0: with these long ones, these page long ones. You're doing excellent.
2: I I happen to love your reading. I think it's very entertaining. (laughs) Perfect. I think it's uh, sarcastic humor, unique.
1: Yes. Expert feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go on to his uh, question here on to my question, which relates to something that I haven't heard thus far on the show. I'm 56, happily married. I've climbed the corporate ladder in a large global company where I did well and then stepped into the CEO CEO role of a small startup, which I have been doing for the past three years. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um, I have lived with personal financial management principles of delayed gratification, little debt and low fee investments. As a result, I've saved and invested for many years and have been able to accumulate a net worth of about $6 million made up of uh, $5 million in taxable accounts, 2.3 in 401k, 2.4 in index funds. Um, That's in the, um, oh, taxable investments, 500,000 in liquid money market account and 500,000 in home equity. All right, I will also have a small pension of about $1,800 a month. The Social Security conservatively uh, estimated at $2,000 a month. My base salary is about $350,000 a year. I have stock options, but let's ignore those because it's a startup and who really knows? Lastly, I have about $670,000 of 529 plans for my two kids' college. It is overfunded, but it makes me feel good to know that they're covered. Uh, so on paper, things look good. And I should be happy guy, but I'm
2: miserable. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So far, I thought you'd be ecstatic. Okay. Because I hate my job. (laughs)
1: Got it. I want out. And I'm paralyzed by the idea of not having an income and not being able to save money. Over 25 years, I've been wired to save and invest for the future, and now the future seems to be here, but I'm fumbling around listening to your show and others, and I'm so confused. Okay, well, we'll do our best. This is becoming
0: quite a dramatic reading.
1: It is. I got goosebumps.
0: (laughs) You gave yourself goosebumps.
1: I do. Uh, uh, Never mind. Uh, (laughs) What advice do you have for people like me who have done well uh, but the psychology of managing their finances without an income or with smaller income of semi-retirement is making them miserable. I've made a career of always trying to have answers for problems, but I now seem to have a problem of my own, and it's painful for me to admit that I don't know how to solve it. Is this a familiar issue with you guys, with your clients? If so, what spitfalls of advice can you throw my way? Uh, first of all, really appreciate the question. Yeah, another great question. It is, um, you know, this guy's the CEO. He's killed it. Very successful. Used to saving. Right. S- saves a lot. He's young. He's 55. Right? right. Right. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take on the CEO role. Yeah. And
2: I'm going to make stuff happen. Yeah, that's right. It, get some stock options. And this will be a little different yeah. than the big corporate world. Right. This, I'm the man. Be cool. I don't have to answer to no one. Yeah, I am the man. Turns out. You always have to answer to somebody. Yes. You might have some investors. That's
1: right. uh, And it's lonely at the top, isn't it there, Jim? <laughs> it's lonely up here. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so he's like, I haven't, he has enough money.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the quick math is $5 million at age 56. I would use a 3% distribution rate. So that's about $150,000 if you're spending less than that, which you probably are based upon your profile, you're good to go. I'll tell you one thing that helps me being an accountant. I don't know if this works for other people, but I like to to run this out on financial planning software. And what does this look like given certain inflation and investment and spending assumptions and, and kind of tweak those and see how it works in different scenarios. And I think uh, Jim, in almost any scenario, you're going to see that this works. So that's that's that would be one thing you could do. Yeah, but life is too short. If you're miserable and you hate your job, quit.
1: You, you have financial security. Most people are working their tails off. And I get this. I mean, you're not asking for sympathy and you're not asking, oh, woe is me. I got $6 million. And oh, you know. I get it that, you know, people that are very successful, they're wired a certain way to save, to save, to save, and think about the future and everything else. And then when they look back and in trying to step out, yeah. it's like, it, it, there's a lot of fear there. It's like, well, what the hell am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah.
2: Right. I'm going to drive myself nuts or I'm going to be a couch drunk. One right. of the two. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is really common for someone that's very successful and is has devoted their whole career to being successful. And, and, growing up the ladder and all that sort of thing. Uh, so here here's a couple more thoughts, uh, Jim, is you can uh, step into a consulting role. I'm sure you've got a lot of skills would be valuable to a lot of companies, but maybe you work a lot less. Maybe you make enough now you, to cover your own expenses so you, you don't see your accounts going down. They're actually going up with the market. And maybe you could have a much better and happier lifestyle just doing that. Maybe you could have consulting jobs where you could work from. Italy, from Hawaii, from wherever, right? So you have a better quality of life. But I think at least for me, I got to see it in black and white. I got to see the spreadsheets to make sure, regardless of the assumptions I put in, I'll be okay. And I think Jim, you're gonna find you're gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, but I think Jim has a number in the back of his head, right? He's got a $5.7 million net worth. He might be in the back of his head. He's 55 years old. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to feel comfortable until that's ten.
2: I know, but remember, it used to be one, and then it was two, and then. It, but, but
1: but that's the issue. That's the I, problem. I, I Even know. though we both agree that you know he's fine financially on paper, on black and white, Jim can do all the things potentially that he wants to do, unless he. I mean, he makes three. It's not like he's making three million dollars a year. He makes three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year with a six sure. million dollar net worth. Right, and that six million dollar net worth will probably produce anywhere from one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. So his income could be pretty close to to match. Yeah, right. Because you take three fifty after taxes, after savings, and so on. What is he truly spending? It might be one hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, his investments could probably produce that after tax, and so he's yep. going to be in the same spot financially, but emotionally in his mind, in, in the, where's his purpose and where's everything else yeah.
2: is I think the bigger issue. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And and that's uh that is a very common issue. It happens with men and women, but I would say, at least from my experience, it, a lot, a lot, a lot of men face this that are used to being very successful in their roles, making a lot of money. So then it's a matter of trying to figure out, well, what's, what's the next phase for me. And, and there you got it. You really have to do some soul searching. There's plenty of books out there to help you with that. So to me, it's less of a money problem and, and more of a, what am I going to do with my life? Because when you're used to working 80 hours a week and just to stop, it's, it's, it's actually not terribly healthy. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Jim, I'm a lot
1: younger than you. <laughs> and I feel the same way uh, every day.
2: Not well, too much single digits.
1: <laughs> but I feel the same way every day. I don't have as much money as you. Yeah. Um,
2: Someday I'm gonna someday. So you aspire at age 56 to get there. Yep, that's it. Wish this company would pay me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, here's something else to think about. In Schwab's 2021 Modern Wealth Survey, 54% of Americans who have a written financial plan said they feel very confident about reaching their financial goals, while only 18% of those without a plan felt the same level of certainty. Having your retirement plans well-defined in advance can give you more peace of mind. But the best plan for you and your family is highly individualized, and it's entirely dependent on your current circumstances, your risk tolerance, and your goals for retirement. If you don't have a financial plan, get one. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Get an Assessment to schedule a no-cost, no-obligation, one-on-one, personalized, deep dive into your financial situation with an experienced professional on Joe and Bigel's team at Pure Financial Advisors. Learn the strategies to help you make the most of your retirement and to give you that peace of mind. Go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click get an assessment now.
1: Uh, Here's one that comes in. It says, hey team, I live in the suburbs of Atlanta. And drive a 2016 toyota corolla and I have two cats i drink bud light fireballs and tennessee whiskey <laughs>
2: right. somebody almost
0: yeah. after your own heart
2: perfect your kind of guy or gal yeah um i lived in Yeah, i know and you like Bud Light. Well, I actually like Coors Light, but same, same. Yeah. And you like Fireball. Sure. I bet, I bet you like Tennessee whiskey too. I,
1: I, I, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll try, try it. I'll try it. I'll <laughs> drink some Tennessee whiskey. Um, I recently opened a Roth IRA uh, with Fidelity where I also have multiple brokerage accounts. I'll be leaving my job 25 years at some point in 2022. After 25 years, I will be leaving my job of 25 years um, some point next year. Uh, my question is, can I start contributing to the role of our IRA before doing the transfer of my 401k once my exit is official, or do I need to wait until after that transfer occurs?
2: Okay. okay. Got
1: also, also, I was planning on moving $7,000 into my wife's IRA in January to max it out for the next calendar year. However, I was wondering. If that violates any rules, being that she won't actually earn that much income until March or so, and also contributes to a 403B, meaning her retirement accounts will reflect more in contributions than her income for at least several months. Thank you. Love the show.
2: Didn't want to give a name. Anonymous fan. Anonymous <laughs> fan. But at you.
0: least I mentioned that they're a fan, so that's good.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's good.
1: Love it um okay these are are good questions yeah very good questions so let's let's kind of break it down um you can so he's he's going to roll his 401k into a new established ira right and he's wondering all right well i'm going to establish this new ira it's a rollover ira that i'm going to put my 401k in once i retire in some point in 2022 He's like, well, can I put a, my $7,000 as an yeah. IRA contribution into that new established rollover IRA, or do I have to wait until the funds get into the account?
2: Right. Is that what you understood? That's what I understood. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, no problem. You can set up the account and fund it. Yeah, it's funny. That we hear these terms rollover IRA and other they're the same thing. It's just an IRA. So you can you can set up what's called a rollover IRA but it's still just a regular IRA. you can put your 7,000 in first after what, whatever you want. So the rollover IRA is really established because you can set up a rollover
1: IRA or an IRA. The rollover IRA is established that you can move a 401k into a rollover IRA and then that would allow you to roll the IRA into another qualified plan. Sure. If you establish just a standard IRA, then you might have problems moving that IRA into another qualified plan. That's why there's, you That's know, why as, he, as, as he's looking at you know the accounts, you could set up an IRA and still roll your 401k into the IRA. It doesn't necessarily have to be a rollover IRA. Correct. So, yep. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Because in all of sense of purposes, they are basically the same. So, yeah, put the $7,000 in and then wait and then put your 401k dollars in there as well. Um, as long as, your wife, or you have income, anonymous, 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 (laughs) close enough. (laughs) that. It doesn't matter. You can do a spousal contribution. So as long as one spouse, so since you're making a $7,000 contribution for yourself, You can also make us, or your wife can also make a $7,000 contribution for herself, as long
2: as you have $14,000 of income. Yeah. And I will add, as long as you have 14,000 of income by year end, I don't care when the income is earned or when you do the IRA contribution, as long as by year end, you have enough earned income to cover your contributions. We're good with that.
1: Yeah. That's another good point because he's like, all right, well, if I make the contribution now, man, my wife's not going to make you money until March. I don't qualify it. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, let's say if something happened and you didn't make the 14,000, you could recharacterize the money out of the IRA. Right. So make the contributions in January always, and then you can kind of figure it out later.
2: And that's why they allow recharacterization of contributions because you may or may not qualify. You don't even know that until you're in.
1: Yes. And so, um, make the contributions and then, you know, just wait always, you know, for all of you backdoor Roth, you know, worshipers, you'll do this in January. You always want to make sure that you get the money into your accounts as soon as you possibly can. And here's the reason why is that, let's say if we have another really good year of 10, 20, 30%, um, 5%, right? Any growth that happens, right? You want to make sure that that growth is done in the Roth. So some people wait and they're like, well, I'm going to do my backdoor Roth contribution in December. Well, it doesn't matter. It's a backdoor It's a contribution get it done in January. So um, conversions on the other hand, you probably want to wait until you have a better idea of what your income is because there is no recharacterizations on conversions. I think well said. Thanks buddy. Uh, all right. Hi, Andy, Alan, Joe, happy holidays and happy new year. Love the show, the education and the humor. So many of these shows answer questions like I have $10 million in an IRA and a million dollars in Bitcoin and have four vacation homes in Hawaii. Should I do a Roth conversion? <laughs> Uh, well, my dog can answer that. How about someone with a million dollars in a 401k with a $30,000 pension retiring at 60 with $60,000 in cash and taking social security of $44,000 combined at age 70 with spouse. Does it pay for that couple to do a Roth conversion and how much should they convert? Any chance you can spitball that scenario on your show? Best regards. Uh, it's Paul from Jersey. So, all right, yeah. Let's see. You're you're spending sixty, right?
2: Oh no, sixteen thousand cash. We actually don't know the spending.
1: Yeah, well, Paul, we need to know what the, we a little bit more info, bro.
2: Let's let's pretend he's spending sixty thousand. Let's we'll just answer that.
1: Well then, yes, I would do a conversion.
2: Yeah, and the way here's the, here's the way you think about it, Paul. Is, is sixty thousand dollars of income? You get a standard deduction of twenty five thousand right? So that leaves $30,000, $35,000 of taxable income. You could do a $45,000 Roth conversion. That's a no brainer to get to the top of the 12% bracket. That's, that's very cheap tax money. Uh, maybe you go to the 22% bracket. We don't know enough about your situation, but you kind of need to know what you're spending. You, you, you definitely want to do conversions over the next 10 years to maximize the 12% bracket. And you might even want to go a little further. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, they have $10 million or a million dollars or a hundred thousand.
2: You, each person's situation is a little bit, you know, unique, but you know, a million dollars is a, is a big number in a 401k. So, I mean, so at age six, let's say you were 72 right now, that'd be about $40,000 required minimum distribution, but at age 72, and I assume you're going to be drawing from that a bit, but maybe it's worth a million and a half or 2 million, your RMD might be, you know, 60000 80000 and that's going to be added to your Social Security and pension?
1: Right, so you got 30000 in pension, 44000 in combined Social Security, right? And then you have RMDs at seventy-two.
2: So, you you know,
1: you you're may... at $70, $73,000 of fixed
2: income. Right.
1: Um, plus whatever RMD is going to
2: happen. Yeah, which means you would be in what is now known as the 22% bracket, which is why I said you might want to do some conversions even in the 22% bracket, but there's a little bit of a catch here and that's you only have $60,000 of cash to pay for the taxes. So that's why I was thinking at least convert to the top of the 12% bracket because that's very cheap tax. Jim from
1: Texas writes in, he goes, Hey Joe and Al, my question is regarding the Roth IRA income phase out. I'm a single person making $140,000 per year. I understand that I cannot make the direct Roth contribution because my income is too high. Also, With the backdoor possibly going away in 2022, it's looking like I won't be able to contribute to the Roth IRA for the foreseeable future. I'm wondering if I can max fund my 401k plan with pre-tax deferrals and then just convert that $20,500 over to the Roth within the plan. This would bring my income down to about $120,000 before the plan conversion. My understanding is that a conversion does not add income to MAGI calculations for determining if I can fund a Roth directly. Would doing this strategy work? At the end of the day, my income would still be about 140 but 20,500 of that income is going to come from an in-plan conversion. Would love to hear your thoughts. Jim from Texas. Liking this idea here. So yeah, I think it's actually pretty clever. It is. Um, so what Jim's doing is that he's got $140,000 of income. So the phase out
2: Al, of a single, um, single taxpayer for, for 2021, at least it's 125,000. It starts and by $140,000, you can't do any Roth convert, so, Roth contribution. So completely phases out. So he cannot make any type of Roth IRA contribution.
1: So he can do a backdoor Roth, which all of you love so much. Yes. That is when you do a non-deductible IRA and then you convert that directly into the Roth because it's an after-tax contribution. Um, The conversion is tax-free just because it's after-tax. Uh, unless you wait a while and there's earnings on
2: the contribution. And by the way, that does not work very well if you already have IRAs. Correct. If you don't have any IRA, it works great. So he's like, you know what? I need to get
1: more money into Roths. I like the Roth IRA. Um, so why don't I do this? Why don't I convert? So I, I do a Pre-tax contribution of twenty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, right into the four hundred one k into
1: the four hundred one k. So then that brings my adjusted gross income down by twenty thousand dollars. So sure. instead of one hundred forty thousand, my income's one twenty. Yeah, my my W two says one twenty. So then that allows me to make a Roth IRA contribution. Sure. Then he converts right twenty thousand dollars to a Roth. Right. The conversion is not included in the MAGI calculation to determine if you are eligible to make a Roth contribution.
2: Yeah, modified adjusted gross income. That's right. The Roth conversion doesn't count. So as far as the Roth conversion, I mean, the Roth contribution goes, your income's 120.
1: Yeah, so you qualify for the contribution. That's
2: pretty clever, actually.
1: And then you can also do the conversion. Um, So yeah,
2: love it. Love it, it, love it, Jim. As long as your plan allows in In plan plan conversion. So check that. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, very cool. That's a that's very creative. I'm going to start using that for sure.
0: Learn more about getting tax-free growth on your investments for life when you put money into Roth accounts by downloading the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Get it now before tax laws change and render it obsolete. This guide explains the rules for contributing or converting to Roth, how a Roth IRA is different from a traditional IRA and a Roth 401k, the rules for taking money out of Roth accounts, how tax diversification reduces your risk when taking withdrawals in retirement, and lots more. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and download the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs. Then don't forget to share both the YMYW podcast and the free resources with your friends, family, and colleagues.
1: DK, my husband and I are both retired and collecting state pensions. I'm 62, he's 63. He has a gross monthly state pension of $4,200. I have a gross monthly state pension of $3,600. The pensions do not have a built-in cost of living adjustment. However, they all have built-in survivor benefits of 50%. We would continue to get 50% of each other's pensions if one were to die. Excellent health Uh, insurance is provided through the state pension system for about $250 a month Uh, for the two of us. In addition, we have traditional IRAs of $300,000, uh, Roth IRAs of 350000 We also have mutual funds, CDs, and bonds, and a non-retirement account for $200,000 and $45,000 in cash. Uh, we felt that was enough since our state pensions are pretty secure. Our monthly expenses are $6,500. Our home is worth $300,000. There's no mortgage or other debt. All right. Are you adding all this stuff up, Al? Yeah, yeah. All right. We both are planning to take Social Security in January of 2022. uh, We would each get about $1,800 a month. This this would allow us to be able to do some upgrades to our home, travel, and spend money um, on helping with expenses for our younger children. Uh, We would like to leave our, our IRAs untouched as long as possible. Hopefully, the Roth IRAs could remain untouched forever. It would become an inheritance for adult children and grandchildren unless the money is needed to pay for long-term care in the future. Okay, uh, We have no long-term care insurance. We looked into it, but it was extremely expensive because I have a chronic health condition. Uh, my husband' health is okay. What are your thoughts on long-term care insurance? Uh, do you think we should investigate this more? I possibly could qualify for one of the hybrid policies, but it would require cashing out some of the investments to pay for it. Long-term care costs are my biggest fears, as my parents both required stays in a nursing home that pretty much depleted their savings. Uh, when we begin collecting Social Security, where would you suggest we invest the extra money? We know uh, we get more if we wait to collect Social Security, but we'd rather take it now, invest it uh, that we don't um, that we don't need it, but we could earn. Um, even if I don't earn the 6 to 8% rate guaranteed by Social Security. That way, if we were to die, at least our children and grandchildren could benefit from it. I know you usually recommend delaying Social Security for at least one of us, but if we both start collecting in January 2022, do you think we'll be okay? If we didn't have such great pensions, we might think differently. We tend to think with our pensions and Social Security, we should be fine. Do you agree? Even if one of us were to die, the other would have a gross minimum monthly income of $7,500, which just our pensions and Social Security without touching any of our investments. We've seen too many people die young before being able to enjoy, what they, um, the, uh, to enjoy their hard-earned money. I love listening to your show. I value your advice. DK from the Diamond State.
2: The Diamond Delaware. State. Delaware apparently is the diamond state. I had no idea, I had never heard of that either. Thank you, DK. All right, diamond state. So, a lot of diamonds in the diamond state, I guess. I, I think of diamonds coming from South Africa, but anyway, whatever. Well, well those are blood diamonds. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, okay, so the pensions, I'm just gonna round, so that's they're about eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and social security, if they collect it, will be around call it 2,000. So they're close to $10,000 in in monthly income, Mm -hmm. something like that. Their monthly expenses are 6,500. So they got 3,000 plus extra, even without their investments, right? So that's pretty good. And their their investments call it, uh, well, 300 IRA, 350 in Roth, and then another call it 250. So that's, uh, that's what about Mm 900,000, I think. Yeah. They have 900,000. So yeah. Call it a million bucks. Yeah. Call it a million bucks. So, so I think that certainly if nothing goes wrong, they're just fine. Of course. Now they're concerned about uh, long-term care, long-term care insurance is pretty expensive. Uh, because long-term care stays are very expensive. That's right. That's why it is expensive. And, and I think something that a lot of people don't realize a long-term care policy provides you a pool of money in the future. It's not unlimited. It's not like a health insurance that will pay no matter what your healthcare is it's yeah it it gives you access to a pool of money and so if you need it you're glad you have it because there's no way you could earn that rate of return to take whatever dollars you invest in the policy to use it for long term care on the other hand if you don't need it it's it's wasted money just like any insurance
1: right it's it's leverage let's say your long term care policy is going to cost you $15,000 a year and you spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars in premiums, but you probably have four hundred thousand dollars of pooled benefit, right? Or or even more, right? So if you invested that fifteen thousand dollars, you need to get a very high rate of return that's unachievable to get that type of pool of money. Plus, the pool of money in the long term care is going to be tax free to you, right? So if you need it, it's absolutely
2: the best thing in the world. If you don't need it,
1: it's just like you know putting insurance on your, your you know fire insurance on your house.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I guess here's why maybe this is just spitballing because we don't know their exact situation. However, you guys have $10,000 of income before even touching your investments, which I mean, that's long-term care stays on a national level or what about a hundred thousand a year, something like that. So 10,000 a month would cover it at least under current dollars. Right. Sure. So I'm not sure you have a huge need for the insurance. Furthermore, the last thing you'd want to do, use is your Roth IRA to pay for it because long, tax free. long-term care, if it's convalescent care, is 100% tax deductible as a medical expense. So you'd rather pull it out of your IRA because those two net, the income nets with the expense.
1: Yeah, because the retirement account is going to be taxable, but then you get a tax deduction for using that money to pay for your long-term care. Yeah,
2: state. yeah, and and it's not quite dollar for dollar, but pretty much you get the idea. So a few things. Is that if, if she's super
1: worried about it and she can't sleep at night, well, at least look at it. Right. You know what I mean? You have excess cash flow and you could potentially pro- afford it. And you're, what you're doing is you're protecting your 1.3 million dollar nest egg. You have a million dollars in investable assets and 300 thousand is your home. Yep. So you got 1.3 million dollars that you don't necessarily want to lose to you know extended care. So if you want to pass it on to the next generation. Um, then you might want to look at a long-term care policy to protect it. If you're saying, but I think they have enough assets and income that they could self-insure. Sure. But then they might have a, a, a spend down. And so you really have to take a deeper dive to say if long-term care is your biggest fear, well, then you got to figure out a plan to cure the fear, right? It's either what assets are you going to use, what income is going to be available, um, or you, you you insure against it. A long-term care plan is not necessarily insurance it's just having a plan to figure out what's going to happen when that long-term care is going to occur because it's not usually if it's when you know because we're living a lot longer and so on and so forth true all right hopefully that helps thanks uh dk from the diamond state
0: Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or give us a call at 888 994 6257 to schedule a free financial assessment at a time and date convenient for you. No matter where you are in the country, chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.